Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. My guest this week is Sarah Johnson. She's the mental health director at the YMCA in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I had her on a few years back, and I thought, what better time to check back in with a mental health professional than in the middle of a pandemic? Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hey, man, I'm weird, just like probably everybody else right now. That, but on the whole, I would say, you know, managing. Managing. I, I think that's that's pretty good for uh, the kind of current circumstances for everybody. Um, yeah. I So I, I recently relaunched this podcast. I took a year off and I've been kind of going through and checking in with some of my favorites from the past. And you and I talked oh. about five years ago on this podcast. And that I wanted. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot has changed since then, very notably in the last six months. Um, mm-hmm. And I and you, as a mental health professional, were definitely someone I wanted to hear from right now. So, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm I'm really pleased to be here. So, for people who don't recall an episode five years ago, uh, you are <laughs> you, are, are are you still at the YMCA? I am. Yeah. And what is your uh, what is your job title there? My my official job title is mental health director, but I did convince an HR assistant to get me a name tag that says happiness fairy. Um, essentially, my role is to try to take the contents of my brain with my many, many years of experience as a prevention person, health promotion person, and then um, also as a, an actual clinician um, and try to sprinkle the contents of those of that skills, training and experience into the brains of everyone around me. So a lot of developing materials, training materials, and trying to, trying to do a lot of teaching. Tell me a little more broadly. What, so I think of the why as a gym, and I'm yep. getting the sense that it's a lot more than that. So tell me a little bit about, about what the why provides that, that you are a part of. 13, 14 years ago, we began our focus on teen mental health and supporting teens with healthy development. And so a lot of my early work while I was actually working with a medical center um, and half my time that the medical center was was um, funding me to to work with the why to to really develop this this model of mental health. And um about four or five years ago, probably about the time you and I last talked, I actually then went full-time to the Y to expand that model beyond just teen mental health, because it turns out we all have <laughs> mental health. It's just yeah. how we think, feel, and act, and that's what we're doing all the damn time. So, yeah. um, so it's been really exciting to really get to know the Y even better and, and more broadly across both our association and all the different departments that, you know, I'm, I not grow up in a, in a Y or in a gym. So a lot of learning for me, and then also learning the the broader culture in the Y movement, which is just a bunch of really great people trying to help the world. All right. So, so these days, are you working in the office? You can't, is it an office? Is it in the facility? You know, I have the good fortune of I've been able to be working from home and I'm actually hoping to continue that. Uh, you know, times are very strange right now and we are seeing members um, end their their memberships, which means we're it's 
it that just means it's hard to do sure. the things that we do. And so, um, you know, for the time being, I am able to create content and, and work virtually. Um, we'll see what, what, what our needs of our organization are as, as we move into the fall and winter. But I'm hoping to be able to continue this and, and really maybe reach out on a little more national level along with our, our partners at YUSA and across the country. So what kind of, what kind of services, what, what does your day look like right now? Um, my day right now looks like me on back-to-back-to-back Zoom call with my cats periodically drinking out of my water glass and grossing <laughs> out our CEO. Grosses him out every time he sees it. Um, I'm offering a lot of webinars and trainings in you know small ways big ways so it's really between me offering content cramming in as much reading as i can like really trying to keep up with all of the changing things that we see across our community across the globe and really really kind of amping my own education around because you know because i don't know everything around mental health um i don't know everything around um, how every community or or every group of people might think about mental health. So I'm really trying to make sure that I'm upping my own cultural competence, my own cultural responsiveness, um, my own um, ability to really be as effective as possible. Because I, you know, I I already felt a sense of urgency around what I've been calling the mental health revolution. Um, how we deliver mental health services does not make sense for the vast majority of people. And so really this model of helping everybody in our community know how to care for their mental health and know how to care for the mental health of the community is a a much more preventative model, a much more collective model. Um, And, you know, I'm just feeling an even greater sense of urgency around that right now as we're seeing the the impacts between the, the health emergency um, the financial impacts of that, and then seeing this really beautiful and vital social uprising in support of Black lives, and and knowing you know we're we're just falling short in terms of of how we care for each other, and so right now we we need to up our game in how we how we take care of ourselves and each other. So in your in your job, well in your life. What are you doing to to meet the the new challenges? Um, that's an ever evolving, sure answer. I would say, um, well, just before the reason I was late to this call is because I was supporting a couple of our staff people who were supporting a teen in crisis, um, and so providing support to. Um, a new generation of of healers and helpers to 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 bring this model forward and, and to provide support and provide direct care to to our, our friends and neighbors. Um, prior to that, I was on a call with one of my dear dear friends and colleagues at YUSA talking about what are the needs of our our, our YMCA's right now. How how can we share some of the the materials that we've developed and some of the trainings that we've developed and get those to other YMCAs so that they can get those to their members and their community? Um, and what did I do before that? 
for that, I, I was meeting with an intern who will be joining us and, you know, she's joining us in this very strange year where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever be in the same room together. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I have any programs for you to do. So we're going to be making it up. And whatever that means, we're going to be trying to help support the mental health of the community. So it's really in flux right now, knowing that, you know, not only us, but our, all of our community partners are, are at um, a diminished capacity. And so some of the work is actually supporting my colleagues, um, not just at the Y, but my community partners, social workers who are not able to go into people's homes to help them right now. And and um, health workers, county health workers who are, you know, under a barrage of stress and criticism um, from some angles. And so how do I help support the people who are helping support the health of our community? Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's on a lot of levels. And in the meantime, you know, trying to have my own sense of balance and taking care of myself too. Yeah. So are there... I, I assume that the social situation and the economic situation has exacerbated existing mental health issues. Have you seen anything new come up since the lockdown and since the financial crisis? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, very predictably and, and um, you know, consistent with other crises and, and um disasters, we're seeing a mental health impact. We're seeing a, a much greater rise in anxiety. Um, even just, I did a survey with my my team this week uh, and 72% of my team said they're experiencing increased anxiety around just in the last few weeks with, this, with all the stress. And so, um, you know, it's, like I said, mental health is how we think, feel, and act. We all think, feel, and act all the time. And there's no way that our current circumstances aren't going to impact at least one of those elements, how we think or how we feel or how we act. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I would say kind of it by way of normalizing, if you're finding yourself with your mood less stable, um, feeling more anxious, having sleep disruptions, you know, you're not alone and you don't have to suffer with that, right? So there's a little bit of a balance here of we're all experiencing to some degree, um, some of us more than others, an impact on how we feel. And, and if you're finding that it's getting in your way, um, you're having trouble doing the things you typically do, you're having trouble getting out of bed or getting motivated, um, certainly if you're having thoughts about is life worth it, or, you know, I wish I could go to sleep and never wake up again, or I'd rather be dead. Those, those are big, big red flags that, um, it's going to be important for you to reach out and get some help with that. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, being relegated primarily to zoom has, uh, had a, well, I, I'm going to assume it has had an impact, but do you think it's been, uh, a surmountable change in the way that you and your team provide the services you provide? I think we're kicking ass despite the circumstances. Um, I think, I think zoom and the virtual environment, I mean, zoom is kind of now the Kleenex for the virtual environment, sure, sure. right? Or whatever the platform is. Um, 
I'm most comfortable is Zoom and have had some good luck with that. And I've, I've actually found that, you know, certainly for psychoeducation and um, just general teaching and um, small group um, pre-existing uh, relationships, um, I'm finding it quite helpful. And it's actually been good for my mental health to be able to reach out to my teams and actually see them, you know, lay eyes on them. Now, in the in terms of virtual environment for psychotherapy, um, or in the the realm of having more intimate conversations or, or brave conversations, like such as conversations around race and and racial equity, um, there are limitations, and especially if the team does not know each other. I think um, I'm, I think we're we're ahead of the research around the virtual environment in some of those ways. Like we, we very quickly went to telehealth, which has been really good. And I think by and large for individuals, telehealth has actually been way better than a lot of people thought. And I'm even hearing a lot of my colleagues say they have a much lower no-show rate in the virtual sure. environment than they do in real life, which is makes sense. <laughs> to me, yeah. it's kind of like a duh, this is why we need a revolution to bring mental health services to people, not expect people to go to services. But, but you know, in this group environment and, you know, younger children, um, it, it present, provides some, some real, some real um, challenges, I would say. I don't yeah. know that they're insurmountable because we're, we're babies at this and yeah. we're, we're right in the middle of it. But I know that for myself, I have led a few groups where I feel like I've learned the hard way um, how awkward and and potentially damaging it can be in the virtual environment if you don't have really good facilitation or really just some some ways of of addressing behaviors that can be potentially even unintentionally harmful yeah i'm I'm really glad to hear that that you're finding ways to adapt um I see my current psychiatrist is is telemedicine. Uh, weirdly, they make me go into Hiawatha Valley and wash my hands and sit in a dark room with <laughs> with with my doctor on a screen. Um, but yeah, for the last kind of <laughs> for the last appointment, they did go full telemedicine, and I got to meet with her from my basement and where my good, office is. But when I scheduled my next appointment, they said they're bringing everyone back into the office and I don't understand why, but anyway, it has, it has worked out for me. Um, I think maybe I wouldn't choose, I wouldn't choose it over an in-person visit if I had the choice, but mm -hmm. I started seeing her before the pandemic was a thing. And right. she she over telemedicine was better than the in-person psychiatrist I had through another facility. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't an impediment to actually being able to talk. And it's not psychotherapy, it's psychiatry. But sure. uh, but it's still it 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 didn't stop it from being effective for me. That's um, good to hear. I do I like I get panic attacks before every appointment, not, mm. not full one time, a full on panic attack, but I get increased anxiety before every appointment because I know that with one check Mark on a piece of paper, they can take away the meds that I depend on because it's mm. happened to me before. Yep. So, 
So like I get this sense of dread every time I have to go talk to a a mental health professional now. Um, It's a a gun shy thing, I guess. Well, but you know, that that speaks to kind of what I, again, call the mental health revolution. Um, You know, I I think we have a ways to go uh, before everybody's really heard. And, And I think even in the mental health profession, there are times where patients, i.e. humans, are not heard and not trusted to be the experts on their, their lived experience, their internal experience, what they need. So I, I hear you. And I'm sorry that, that's, that that was your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, my, my current doctor seems to think more the way you do. Um, she, she always is able to comfort me in that area, but anyway, I'm looking at an article from the lacrosse tribune about, uh, the lacrosse YMCA mental health toolkit, Wisconsin training. It's nostalgic because it's all the way back from March and a bunch of people are sitting around tables together. What, what was the, uh, almost immediate impact of the pandemic on that initiative that you were working on? You know, it's so funny that you should say that because that, I mean, that was, I, so the the week before I I had initially planned to have the Wisconsin toolkit pilot kickoff. And I can explain a little more about what that is, um, or you can add that article, which would be great. Um, Plan to have the Wisconsin toolkit kickoff on March 4th, because March 4th, a revolution. We want to march forth. Uh-huh. I made a joke with myself. But then I got invited to speak at um, National Advocacy Days about mental health um, for our YUSA. And so March 4th, I had this incredible day where I got to speak to um, CEOs and staff from every single Y um, state in the nation about mental health and got to do some advocacy on um, on the Hill and then um, moved the Wisconsin pilot to March 11th and had this great day, full day training. We had seven Ys, including our own, 45 people crammed into our multi, multi-purpose room. And then, you know, this great day learning, kicking off this year of pilot to train and, and get materials across Wisconsin around mental health and then you know took great pictures arms around each other I'm feeling great cleaning up the room and got in my car turned on NPR as I'm driving home and learned that we were in a national or a global pandemic as of that day and I was like yeah. well that was that's okay <laughs> so that's where my pivot has come is you know so what does that mean how do we how do we how do we get the information out anyway knowing that you know, many, unfortunately, many, many wise have, have closed and, and may are in danger of closing. So we've got teams who are furloughed and laid off. So how do we get this information out to everybody? So I really appreciate you having me on this, this call because, you know, we need to be talking about it everywhere. It's not just mental health people who should be talking about it. It's, it's all of us. Um, like I said, because we all have mental health and I, my, my belief, what I call the mental health revolution, what I've heard others call decolonizing mental health is we all need to be able to be peer helpers for each other, right? Because I go to my friends and my family for support. I want them to know how to 
support me and I, I need to know how to support them. Um, the same is true for, you know, somebody across the, the town that I've never even met. They're going to go to their friends and family. I want their friends and family to know how to support them. And I want them to know how to support their friends and family. Yeah. So where, where can people go to, to learn more about uh, what, what the why is doing and why it's important? Well, that's a good question. Well, people can be in contact with me, certainly. Um, I would say, I would say be in contact with your local why and see what they're up to. Um, there are some whys across the country who are offering all kinds of social services and mental health support. They, you know, like the, the San Francisco why has several, a couple of clinics and, and several mental health providers who can provide low or no cost care. Um, my folks in Old Colony out, out around Boston are doing incredible work um, with shelters, actually sheltering youth who, who are um, houseless and um, connecting people with social workers, um, doing restorative justice work. So, you know, depending on, on your why, there's all kinds of things that they may be doing. And no matter what, if a why says, you know, well, we're not doing mental health work necessarily. It's not true because <laughs> all of the things that a YMCA does. So if you go and you go to your YMCA and you're moving your body, you're physically active, that is helping you be mentally healthy. If you are connecting with other people, that is helping you be mentally healthy because connections and relationships are one of the keystones to good mental health. And if you are connecting with the Y, in a, in a way of serving or um, donating or volunteering, you're connecting to a greater purpose. And that is another really good way to support good mental health. So, you know, whether or not a why is, you know, I'm putting in air quotes, doing mental health, you're going to have mental health benefits from, from going to the why and being involved in the why. I, I, always, I always say the why is medicine. Yeah. I, I really like the idea that it's such a, a varied uh, like there's no unifying this is what the why does uh, mm -hmm. that it is more of a, a community service that provides what's needed at the time that's really cool yeah and i would say the unifying is our mission and and we have a really there's a very distinct why voice and why culture um and it's it you know it it feels good to be in a room full of people who are quote unquote why people. And it turns out I didn't know it. I've been a why person my whole life. I just <laughs> didn't have a why. So now I have a why. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, this is all very good. I, I'm intrigued to hear what your top three picks are going to be. Do you have those prepared? I do. Oh, excellent. This is going to be yep. fun. It uh, was hard for me to pick. There were a lot of things that I I was like, wow, I could go a lot of directions with this. I would have guessed that about you. A, a lot of my guests say I had a really hard time finding three things that I cared enough about. And then some mm. guests once in a while, yourself included, are like, I had trouble narrowing it down to three things <laughs> I was excited about. Can um, I give you 37? <laughs> you, you can throw in a couple extra as needed. But um, <laughs> last time, one of your picks was your cat, Franklin. Is he still around? Oh, he is. Like, mm. He is still the best. It's great to hear. I now have a second cat and he's second best. And we're all clear on our roles. Second best for anyone who's like, oh, no, second best is still really good. You know, <laughs> it's still top cats. three. It's top three. So <laughs> we, uh, 
my cat Yeti, we brought home a new kitten named Finnegan. I saw that. And yes. he's adorable, but the day after we brought him home, Yeti got sick. Oh and no. Yeti is like 17 years old now and all of a sudden he stopped eating was just hiding under the bed so we got him into the vet and it turned out to be pancreatitis very likely completely unrelated to the kitten just bad timing Uh, but he is he is now as of today just starting to act like his old self following me around like a puppy eating all his food on his own without a feeding tube and um yeah he's recovered And meanwhile, Finnegan is very content in his role as like second best cat. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's <laughs> well, your... I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, me too. It's it's a huge relief. I I was definitely facing his mortality. I've I've always faced his mortality because I knew from the moment I decided that I loved him with a very full heart, I knew that yeah. that was that had like a an expiration date on it. So I've yep. always prepared myself for that day but I'm really relieved that that day isn't yet. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh man, you just hit something super profound that the risk of, of opening your heart means it might, it might get hurt. Yeah. But man, it's worth it. Oh, I, I'm not doing my own top three picks, but I have one I want to throw in and I'll, I'll, I'll sneak it in as we go, but I'll let you okay. start with your first pick. Okay. My first pick is, um, let me see which one do I want to. My first pick is effective coping skills, and in particular, the coping skill of asking for help. And so, what I want to share is if people, it's a good practice to ask for help when you need it. And people don't always know what that means when you need it. And so, I want to define that. Um, if you don't know how to do a thing or the thing in front of you exceeds your emotional bandwidth or both, you need help. And that's a time to ask for help. And that might be you Google a video that tells you how to change your bike tire or you call somebody or you email someone or you text someone, right? If it's in regard to your mental health, that's a good time to call in somebody who's a good support for you and Sometimes we don't have somebody like that. And sometimes it's the middle of the night or sometimes we feel like we've, you know, already kind of um, tapped on that person's shoulder a few times. So I want to give you some national resources that people can use to call or text to get help any time of the day or night when you need it. Awesome. So um, we, good news is in a couple of years, we're going to have a national number. Um, I believe it's going to be 933. It's not in place yet, but they're they're putting in the infrastructure. So at some point, we're just going to have a three number uh, number that people can remember and anywhere in the country they can can use it to get awesome. help. We don't quite don't quite have that yet. 211 is in most parts of the country, but not everywhere. So know that, you know, you might want to try it out and see if you can call 211 and, and get someone locally. Um most communities have that, but I would instead um, send you to the National Suicide Hotline, which is just a, a helpline for anyone. You don't have to necessarily have thoughts of, of suicide um, to call. It's just if you are overwhelmed and exceeding your emotional bandwidth, don't know how to do a thing, they're there to talk. And that number is 800-273-TALK. So 800-273-8255. The other option is to text. So some people prefer texting. So you can just text the word talk 
to the number 741741. Just text TALK to 741741. Wow. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Asking for help. That's a that's a that's a heck of a first pick. Thank you. All right. What well, now? Mine seems silly. Why don't you go on with your second pick? <laughs> well, my third one is 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 more about levity. So. Oh, good. I'll slip it in. My second one is my my second pick is a uh, a uh, something that's it's been around for a while. Not everybody is aware of it. Um. So I'm trying to spread the word. Um. And that is something called science. Um, I've heard the kids talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. The kids are really into it these days. Um, (laughs) in particular, uh, you know, the science around health, of course. Um, but I'm wanting to put a particular plug in for, um, social science. Um, I'm a social scientist. So, you know, I think about how people behave and, and how we think and how we act, um, otherwise known as our mental health. And, uh, there's a, a group that I'm involved with that I just cannot say enough about. They have changed the way I operate in so many ways and have given a scientific framework to what I've always felt to be true. So they're, they're, they're giving me some data around, yes, it, it makes sense to treat people like they're people <laughs> and to meet people where they're at. And it makes sense to, to come together across sectors to do work. That is what it's going to take to, to make these big systematic changes that we need. Um, I did say systematic. I mean, <laughs> systematic. Um, so I want to highlight the Collective Impact Forum. Just a bunch of geniuses. Just a bunch of geniuses sitting around and putting their genius thoughts in other people's brains and helping communities across the, the globe, actually. I think they're, they're, they have a national reach. Um, to come together as communities to make real meaningful change. And I, it, they just, I cannot say enough good things about them. So collective impact forum um, in the name of science, I, I strongly encourage you if you are somebody who wants to make actual change in your communities, rather than just really doing workarounds and putting band-aids on problems and perpetuating systems of oppression, I encourage you to check out the Collective Impact Forum. Awesome. Um, Do you spend much time on YouTube? I know you do some video as part of your job, or at least you used to do those, like Mental Health Minute, I think it was, something to that effect. Yeah, Yeah. so do you you spend much time watching YouTube? Uh, I I do not, but that reminds me, I mean, I do randomly. Sometimes I'll plug in like cute kitten video or something. I don't quite understand how YouTube works yet. So like I, all the kids are watching it like a TV channel and I'm yeah. like, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't totally get that. Okay. But, but that does remind me, I should have answered the question you asked me about how do people learn about the why I actually do have through our YMCA, a YouTube channel called steady heads, open hearts. And that's a place where people can get actually get a, a lot of mental health information. Um, that's content that I've, uh, put together, as you mentioned, those mindful minutes, which are kind of one minute videos, one to two minute videos that just have a, a mindful practice. And then our dinner table resilience series, which are three to four minute videos featuring a mental health piece of information and then an actual challenge or activity you can do 
either around your dinner table or with your friends or with your team at work or on Zoom with your friends. Um, and then there's also some hour-long mental health webinars on there. So all of that content is free and, and available for folks. But what 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 were you getting at with YouTube? What oh, are you watching well, on YouTube? Some of my, like, I've just gotten into, like, following specific channels relatively recently. And okay. w- one of my favorites to follow is called How to ADHD. And it's been really oh. helpful in kind of my own mental health journey. Um, I was just curious if there were any similar channels that you were a fan of that you w- that you would recommend getting into. Hmm. No, you know what? I'll, that, I'll take that as homework because <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um, I've my big new technology thing besides Zoom. Suddenly, I'm like technology person at the Y with Zoom, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not actual oh boy. Um, but my new like technology foray is like, oh, Instagram. You can you can follow people who have good things to say. Right. So that's my new thing. Um, but no, I don't have any good ones on YouTube, but okay. I'm going to check out the how to ADHD. That sounds interesting. Yeah. She, it's, uh, it's a, a one, one girl, one woman who, uh, has a team that helps her research and provide very in-depth looks at very particular topics, uh, that ADHD people face. So I, I recommend I it's it. easy to watch. They're short. Um, all right. Cool. Third pick. My third pick is something that has been good for my mental health and for my geekiness. Um, And it's a podcast that I can recommend um, from Vulture. And it's the Good One podcast. And uh, I love it so much on so many levels. So um, essentially, it's the host who's brilliant. Um, Jesse is just so into comedy and does his homework so thoroughly, then he will invite a comedian to pick their favorite joke and then they dissect it. So they play the joke and then they go through the thinking and all the iterations with the joke and why it's funny and why it, why it's the joke they chose and song exploder um, for jokes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so deeply satisfying. So great. That's nice. So it's both like, it makes me laugh and it's also geeky and, you know, like I said, kind of sciencey. <laughs> yeah, I love it. The it's science of comedy. Distraction. Yeah, it's been great distraction when I, my brain's too full of hard stuff, but I still want to have some kind of intellectual stimulation. That's so been great. Well, here's here's mine, and I think it actually fits into that category. Mm-hmm. On Netflix, there's a show, I'm pretty sure it's called Love on the Spectrum. I just saw that. It just came up as a recommendation for me. It is just, like, m- my heart is overflowing for these, these autistic people that are taking their first forays into dating. And, mm. uh, like, I, I especially, a lot of the guys act on the outside the way I always feel on the inside on a date. Uh, It's just on the outside, the awkwardness and the sincerity uh, is it's, it's delightful. Like Elle and I are loving that show. And it's, it makes you think it makes you reconsider a lot of your, your preconceived notions, not just about autistic people, but about your own, the way that you relate to other people. 
Uh, so there's sure. a thinking aspect to it, but at the same time, it's it's a, a lighthearted, fun look at uh, heartwarming. I would call it heartwarming. I'm going to check that out. That's a good recommendation. All right. So where can people find you specifically? Uh, see, this is where I'm still not good at this part. Uh, how can people find me? What's the best way for people? People can find me... Um, the YouTube channel, so yep. Steady Heads Open Hearts. That'll be linked in the notes. Okay, perfect. Um, I am working on a website. By working on a website, I mean I have a domain, but I <laughs> it's a start. don't know how to website. So <laughs> I've got some work to do there, but that'll be the Joy Labs someday. Um, how else can people? People can find me on Instagram. I'm not doing a whole lot except for listening and learning these days, um, but uh, it would be at I'm a life liver. So I am a L I F E L I V E R. So I'm as in no apostrophe. Yep. I'm a, uh, those are the ways I guess. Okay. Point, I think, I don't you. know. What are other ways that people find people? Well, Twitter web. No, uh, not on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter it's, is it, so it, overwhelming to me. Instagram is good. Okay. Um, Tell you what, though, we should definitely talk. I can help you get uh, a quick WordPress website set up. No problem. You know what? I got a domain and have it in Squarespace because oh. they did the free Winonans thing because we did this right. weird commercial here. Because so we I had that ripoff of a Winona Ryder commercial here. 100%. <laughs> this was their, you know, hazard pay. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I looked at it and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So I, and then the pandemic hit. So yeah. it, it totally zapped any like technology tenacity I have, <laughs> but I, I would love to try to get something put together. I have yeah. lots of ideas. All right. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know you have a lot to do. It's great to hear from you. I am so glad you asked me. And, you know, actually people can email me at the joy labs at gmail.com. That's, All right. that's a thing. It's not like, I'm going to get millions of emails, you know? Um, I would say though, if you're, if you are having trouble with your mental health, if, if it's feeling like a mental health crisis, don't email me, please call somebody that you can get a hold of right away. I yeah. just, I don't check my email every day and I would hate for someone to be reaching out because you weren't doing well. And then you don't hear from me for a bit. Yes. Um, so please be sure to, to um, reach out more locally. If you, if you have some, some struggles going on, please, please reach out. That sounds great. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, I hope we talk again in less than five years. I Can we make that a goal? Yeah. I feel a, like that's doable. It's in my top three. Awesome. <laughs> Mine too now. Just bumped, bumped something. <laughs> All right. Thank thanks, you. Brett. Take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Systematic. Check out more episodes at systematicpod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as T.T. Scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>